It is an immensely emotional process doing science, and I wanted the book to have that emotional depth and resonance. You know, if I wasn't a therapist, my alter ego would probably be an actor. I'm excited that listeners will be able to hear this book, which is for young people, from a young person who understands the world that they're navigating. Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet professor of microbiology Joseph Osmondson, family therapist Terence Real, and social entrepreneur and inventor of Rethink, TM, Trisha Prabhu. Listen in to hear what inspired these authors to write their audiobooks and their takes on the different ways we as people connect with each other. Enjoy! Hi, this is Joseph Osmondson. My friends call me Joe. I am the author of Virology, Essays for the Living, the Dead, and the Small Things in Between. What inspired me to write my book? So about two years ago or so, a thing happened, and life was never the same. And when a thing happens, and you've spent your life up until that moment studying that exact thing or things very similar to that, say it's a viral pandemic and you did your PhD on virology, you feel sort of this weird, like, both your throat is cut off and you can't speak and it's just shock and horror, and also this sort of need and desire to talk about what is happening and how horrible it is. And I started writing the book in a period of time where it was very unclear even to experts what COVID was going to be. And it was very hard to sell a COVID book because everyone was like, well, what is it going to be? And there's a million COVID books and what is yours going to be? And I wanted to write a book that just said it doesn't matter what it's going to be. It's bad now. <laughs> it's, it's really bad. And we will remember and I think it'll be worse if we try not to remember or if we try to go back to normal, if we try to forget. And so I started writing. Describing what it was like to record my audiobook in one word. It's going to be a hyphenate because I'm a fag and we like to do things like that. Throat coat tea. Oh, man, without that shit, I would be bleeding out of the mouth right now. There's two things, I think. The first is that it is a physical fucking experience to record an audiobook. I knew it was going to be an experience on my voice. I host a podcast, and we sometimes do three or four or five episode recordings in one day. So I know what it's like to sit in front of a microphone for five plus hours a day and how it feels on your throat. But the thing about recording an audiobook is that you cannot move one inch. If you move, they're like, take that again. And you have to do it because they're your boss. And so, like, your legs hurt, your body hurts, your throat hurts. I mean, it is just a wild experience. On the other side, I feel connection, I guess, would be maybe a word. I'm sorry, but my director and audio engineer are listening right here. We're in the booth where we just finished. These people are your therapist, your friend. They're listening to you cry. They're telling you you're doing great even when you are not doing great. It's so weird because I'm in a different room than them, and yet I feel like we're so intimately connected. Like, they know all my secrets. They can read my mind. I trust them so much and never leave me, you guys. You know, I wrote a book about science, and the thing is, I was trained as a virologist, so a lot of the scientific words were fine, but sometimes you just completely lose your mind. And so, again, I have to, like, shout out the team. 
every word that was even possibly going to be difficult or unclear, every name of every author, every freaking Latin name of a virus, Ruth was there in the booth being like, let me play it in your ear for you. Just take it again. Let me just play it again. That is the one thing that I was very stressed out about and was not a problem at all (laughs) because your team just has your back. Look, I'm a scientist, and I've been a scientist since I was 19, 20 years old. I've worked in labs. And one thing that I really wanted the book to do, and then the audiobook as an extension of that, was undo this notion that folks have of scientists and science as a process as objective, and not just in that the sense of objective, but almost unfeeling. That scientists sort of are going about our work, doing our experiments, blah, 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 but that we're not like emotional about that work. Sciences are incredibly emotional. Experiments are hard and fail most of the time. It is not uncommon in a research lab to hear someone go, fuck, for fuck's sake, God, like just an absolute rage-inducing moment where you have been working on an experiment for 12 days, for example, including over the weekend, and on the last step, you have this little thin piece of jello that you have to pick up between two pieces of saran wrap and you fucking drop it. And it is there, on the ground, radioactive. You're going to have to clean it up, and your heart breaks. It is just the worst feeling. We want so hard for our experiments to work. We work with other people that we either care about or hate. Both happen all the time. It is an immensely emotional process doing science. And I wanted the book both in the writing about science and in the writing about what it's like to be a living human in a time of two pandemics, to have that emotional depth and resonance. And again, because I had this team that made me feel so comfortable, I could go to that place in my performance and give myself to the emotions that I was feeling when I wrote, that I was feeling in the moment that I wrote about. There were a lot of tears. There were a lot of tears in this one. And I don't think there are enough tears in books about science. You know, there is crying in science. It was super important to me to bring that emotional valence, that level to the writing, and then to be able to carry it with me into the booth here. My dream narrator. Oh, that's really tough. I want someone immensely homosexual. Like, I'm talking, like, full Broadway faggotry. Like, gayer than my voice by a million. I want, like, a soprano voice. I want, like, a Jack McFarlane-level homosexual. Again, because it's a science book and we so rarely associate camp homosexuality with kind of the self-seriousness of science where there's a scientist I don't love who goes on CNN all the time in a freaking white coat and a bow tie. Like, dude, get over yourself. It's not 1960. I want to go on CNN in a tank top and a lip wrist and just bring my whole self into the space. So yeah, just use AI to find the human being with the most homosexual voice on earth and put that person in a booth to read this book out loud. When I cook, I love listening to lectures. And my favorite lecture is Ann Carson, An Essay on Threat, which you can listen to on youtube.com. And it makes me cry every time. And now listen to a clip from my audiobook. Returning from Trader Joe's, I wash my vegetables in water only after I've soaped my hands for three full singings of Happy Birthday. I'm not doing math. I just know in my gut I've killed 99% of the things on me, and that's as good as I can do. 
I can't spend time mourning the fact that Munoz isn't here any longer to guide my thinking. It's high past time that we step up and continue his work together. I'll keep doing as good as I can until the end of this crisis, and then still after that, until there are no more crises left to live through. Hi, this is Terry Real, author of the audiobook Us, Getting Past You and Me to Build a More Loving Relationship. We live in divisive times. I wrote this book as a way of pointing toward a unity that I felt was lacking at multiple levels in our lives, planetarily, societally, relationally, personally, and even intrapsychically. I felt it was time for a voice to articulate the whole. If I had to describe my experience of reading this audiobook in one word, I would say exhilarating. You know, if I wasn't a therapist, my alter ego would probably be an actor. So it was thrilling to step into the role, not just of somebody reading it word for word, but trying to make it come alive to the listener. A word I had particular difficulty particularly enunciating was particularly. I think I have a bit of a lazy L, so that was a hard word for me. The thing I think I'm most excited for my listeners to hear is my own voice. I wrote this book as if I were speaking it, and I've read it or parts of it aloud to friends and family. If it didn't read well aloud, I would go back and edit it. It really is a spoken voice, and I was really thrilled to be the one asked to actually speak it. If it wasn't me narrating it, There's only one choice for who I could pick as an alternative. It has to be my friend Bruce Springsteen. Who else from a New Jersey kid would do the job? The last great audiobook, Not to Blow Smoke, that I listened to, I was in the Caribbean on vacation, and I spent the whole vacation listening to Born to Run. And it was really Bruce's narration that inspired me to feel empowered to narrate my own book as well. My absolute favorite place to listen to audiobooks is stretched out on a beach chair in my favorite beach in Martha's Vineyard with my wife on one side, my two kids on the other side, maybe a sprinkling of friends and no one talking. And now... Listen to a clip of my audiobook. If you often feel underappreciated or overly controlled, distanced from, walled off and lonely, or just poorly treated, this book offers you a completely new way to relate. It's about changing the way you see yourself in relation to your partner so that your life is neither a desert nor a battle. In this book, I am asking you to do something pretty revolutionary, 
something that will require changing some fundamental parts of your identity, even for many of you, changing who you think of yourselves as being to begin with. Hi, my name is Trisha Prabhu, and I'm the author of Rethink the Internet, How to Make the Digital World a Lot Less Sucky. I was inspired by the young people that I met all over the world who rightly acknowledged that digital literacy was a huge gap in their education and in their world. They were extremely tech-savvy, but many of them would point out that they had never in school received a formal education about how to be safe and smart online, and then were running into all these tough challenges and issues on the internet. And as someone who knew that reality all too well, I decided enough was enough, and it was really in their honor that I wanted to create a book that as a young person I would have loved that could have been a fun educational guide to this world that I didn't really know. If I had to describe recording my audiobook in one word, that one word would be surreal, because it really hammers home the fact that my book is finally being published, and this dream that I've had for many years is finally coming to fruition, and it's just incredible to be able to read the final product, to be really proud of what I've created, and to be hopeful that it'll make the impact that I want to see. I realized I had trouble pronouncing peaked. I thought maybe picked, peaked, wasn't sure. Now I know it's peaked. <laughs> I'm excited that listeners will be able to hear this book, which is for young people, from a young person, from someone who understands the world that they're navigating and the challenges that they're running into. And so in the narration, I try, you know, to make the language fun of the time, accessible, and I hope that that's something that they see and they enjoy. If I wasn't recording my audiobook, I would probably cast Greta Thunberg who I mentioned in the book as an incredible example of a young leader using her voice and advocating for a better world. I think that she could probably bring the spirit and the vision to this book, and it would be a real honor. The last audiobook that I listened to and loved was The Lord of the Rings. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. Rather quickly, I fell in love with coding. Why? Well, for one, as a kid, I'd always hated math. Ugh. And coding was the first logical, quantitative thing I really enjoyed. For another, it was so awesome to actually be able to build a piece of technology, technology that people around the world could see and use. It truly was the best feeling. I'd always end a coding session feeling powerful and engaged. In any case, it was soon pretty clear. This wasn't going to be a hobby or a phase. It was going to be something I did for the rest of my life. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash next listen.